just a little warning about swearing. There is a lot from me in this, and I apologize. In the real world, when all this was happening, you'll guess which bit. There was, of course, no swearing. I'm so polite in public. It's only in the retelling I get all feisty. Um, it's a bit of an emotional one. So I uh, was sipping on Blackman's Bay Distillery Botanical Gin. This is beautiful. And the most beautiful thing about this is at Wilson's birthday party, so many of their teachers and the principal and the assistant principal and the learning coordinator and all these people came to the birthday party to give Will their love and to give me gin, which was beautiful of them. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy. Bye. Welcome to Gin in a Mug podcast, where myself, Sally Rose, and my good friend, Amanda Jane, catch up each week for a debrief. There will be some tough subject and some swearing, you've been warned, but there will also be a lot of laughs, oh, and a lot of gin. We hope you enjoy. Oh, there we go. Now we've got it working. Hey, Amanda. Hi, Sally. You know, I always swore, Sally, that I would never do a podcast, and yet here I am. Amanda's lost it. Um, I have. You know, weeping woman, give her a ticket. Kick her in the guts. I got out. I mean, can't I just sit in my car and cry? It's a bit of a niche. <laughs> bit, of, bit of a bespoke boutique area. You may podcast. just see for us. I swear I have PTSD, and I'm not joking, <laughs> from dealing with the NDIS. The politically correct, comfortable phrase I believe, Sally, it's called a life-limiting condition. Mm. Hoping for sponsorship? Yeah, just any local gin. If you want us to get drunk on your gin, we will. Um, we're laughing, but that's what we do when we feel like shit. So, um... So, cheers, Sally. Cheers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, we went to hospital during oh. the um, holidays for another MRI. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, to check on the brain atrophy situation. And how's that going? Uh, well, I don't have the results yet. Because I'll tell you why. That will be in the story why I don't have the results yet because um, I'll w- rather wait and see our MP. I'm actually quite optimistic, <laughs> which I probably shouldn't be, but that it's going to be good because they've been quite stable. Stable. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, over the last six months or so. Are I we think. avoiding the P word, are we? Plateau. Oh, yeah. no, Plateau's good. Okay, we'll say we've had been having Journey. Plato. We don't have any alcohol, though. Um, it's just for everyone at home. We just say Journey a couple of times so you can have a drink. Um, yeah, so we went in for the MRI. Um, the anaesthetic nurse was spectacular because Will's now got a helix. They got one for their birthday from the piercer. <laughs> Which is adorable. Oh, Shout out to Missy. Um, and they've got already got the septum. And I can't take those suckers out, and they hurt a lot. Yeah. So um, I asked if they could take them out and put them back in while they're unconscious. What a brilliant idea. And, no, yeah, not a problem. And the only thing, I couldn't get the ball on one of them, but, yeah, um, yeah that's such that a better nice. move. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it's only meant to take about 40 minutes. You know, two hours later, I'm still waiting, and I went, oh, I bet you they've had a – they don't do anaesthetic well either. Mm. And um, we, yeah, they didn't. And I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Finally, they let me back in and we were just 
kept forgetting to breathe. Oopsie. And um, they couldn't wake them up heaps. And it's this horrible thing where they're not going to wake up anyway. It's really frightening for the anaesthetic staff too, that. Yeah, it's like, were. how do you protect an airway and at what point do you mm. bag and just a whole bunch of scary. And it was when you really push them, they would breathe. You know, like, come on, take a deep breath. And then they couldn't take a deep enough one and got them to cough, I think, is obviously gets them to breathe because they're saying, have a cough. Um, and that's very worrying, though, isn't it? Because that's like a very base, base yeah. brain function. Yeah, that's really frightening. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah absolutely would... horrible. And yeah. you're sitting there, and you're trying to be calm because that, and everyone's not freaking out. Everyone's like really calm. We've got her. Like their stats are good when they do breathe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in between bouts of not breathing, and um, and then they kept going. Oh, they're really good now. All right, we'll move into the next section because we're still in re- mm. um, recovery this whole time. And then it would be, oh no, they're doing it again. All right, we're going to stay here. And then the nurse they changed shift. And I'm like, we've bonded. I'm sure you're lovely, but we've bonded. You've got to leave. Do a double stay. Um, and he had a great sense of humour, so he yeah. got it. And the same thing. So we were there, and it was almost eight o'clock at night. This was from one o'clock. Oh. And then oh. um, the the anaesthetic nurse had come back, a doctor, and um, they said um, uh, that they'd like to go on ward. And I said, yes, thank you. I don't want to go home with this. This is above my pay grade. Poo, wee, food can deal with all that. But breathing. breathing. I said, if I go home, I'm going to be staring at them the whole night and, and then not even knowing what's going on. But also, too, it's like there's a protocol that you have to follow before someone can be discharged from mm. theatre about you know, just are they breathing on their own? Are they fully conscious? Are they being able to have food and fluids mm. after? You know, there's mm. a, there's a, a flow to it. Yeah, and so eventually, the especially the recovery um, head of recovery, I don't know if it's a nurse or a doctor, or whoever mm. it was, said no, definitely on ward. They all had a chat. Definitely on ward. Stay the night if you're happy. And I went, I don't want to go home. <laughs> I want to stay. I want to stay. Um, yeah. And then the we got up on ward, and the baby. Paid doctor, mm. I was like, well, they seem fine now. You should go home. Um, the average child does take a while. They kept saying the average child and saying stats about shit. And by then, Steve was there as well. And he's just like looking like waiting for me to kick off. And I'm like, <laughs> she's not average though. And she's like, well, you know, it's probably a bit more comfortable at home. And I said, but I won't be. She scared the shit out of me today. And yeah. I said, and I have the... Um, the option, because I do so much nursing from home, anytime I'm not comfortable with what's going on, I can bring them in. If there's yeah. a bed available, and if there's not, I can bring them in. There's if an, it's an above acronym my called Doctors A, B, C, D, which is about resus. And um, so the whole thing is that you have this whole protocol that you follow. So it, you shouldn't be having to do Doctors A, B, C, D oh, This doctor pissed me off so much because I did that and I said I want to stay and I said I just want to be mum I don't want to be sitting there trying to nurse my kid at a level above what oh, I am an ready for it's fobbing the responsibility off on oh. you when she's still not she's still not recovered like there's a post recovery and she's still not recovered you have and to she still hadn't eaten or drunk anything and then I'm asking well can I give like Steve had brought in the meds I mm. said can I give her a meds because by now it's like 8.30 9 mm. o'clock I said obviously not her melatonin but um can I give them their meds? And they're like, oh, we have to write it all up first. Even though you've got them and they're all ready to go, you ha- we have to write them up. I'm like, okay, cool. Can we at least start running some fluids? Oh, what do you want to do with that? I'm like, what do you mean? Well, how much do you want to run? And I said, you work it out. 
I said, I don't know. And she said, well, how much would you normally give them? I said, well, normally they're awake. I wouldn't give them anything at night. I'd run their Osmolax now. But we haven't done that. And I'm, I'm, I'm freaking out. I've had a really horrible day of watching my child continuously not breathe. And she's mm. asking me to do the maths on hydrating her. And I said, you do the maths. And I, I knew what we should do. I knew it was 80 mils an hour. I said, during the day we do 80 mils an hour mm. if they're asleep. So, okay. I said, well, work out how much a kid would drink during the day. She hasn't had anything all day because she fasted. And then give them that. And she's like, oh, well, hmm. 80 mils an hour. Okay. Let's just do 80 mils an hour. And I said, but I want to give them um, a four to sip first because I haven't eaten all day. I want to feed my kid and give my kid a drink. And I wish to God I had thought to, oh, not yet. And then the nurses all came and just... And then still nothing had happened. 10.30, still no fluids had gone in my child. And then I went, I'm going rogue. I'm texting people going, I'm going rogue. And I, I had it stuff in my handbag. I just started giving some hydrolyte. Absolutely. Because I'd rung the bell and they said, oh, we have to get the doctor to write it up. And I'm like, and so I'm there. And I'm, I said, oh, I'm things. and I said, I'm going to give her a meds too soon. And they said, oh, we have to wait for them to be written up. And I said, well, okay, I get that. But in my mind, and I wish I'd said it, is that afterthought? Did you have to get a doctor to write up that icy pole for the other kid after they came out of anaesthetic? Did you yeah. have to get a doctor to write up to give that kid a glass of water? Did you have to write up to give that fucking kid a sandwich after they came out of anaesthetic? Obviously not. Why do I have to get it written up by a doctor to feed and hydrate my fucking kid? But I didn't. I just went, oh, okay. And then... Still, and I rang the bell. And I said, I'm sorry to be a pain, but I still haven't got a pump. And the chain shift. And she went, oh, you don't need to be like that. I said, like what? I said, I just, can I please have a pump? And then they came and they just put a pump there and put all the shit there. And I just started crying. I said, oh, what's the problem? I said, I didn't want to be nursed tonight. I just wanted to be mum. And it's 11 p.m. and my kid still hasn't had food or water. Actually, they have, because I did it myself and didn't tell anyone. I went rogue. Ooh, I pumped some water into my kids because no one's done it. And then eventually the four to sit went up. And I said to them, I said, I'm going to fall asleep. This has got another hour because it broke and the pump broke. They wouldn't believe me. The pump was broken. And I said, the pump is broken. They kept trying to do stuff. And then eventually after about oh, another Sal, hour, they said, it's just, the pump's broken. This and is then, horrible. And then the, horrible. finally... It, got, it was running, and I said, I'm going to fall asleep. I can't stay awake because it's like 1.30 by now. I said, please, 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 when this finishes, can you start the hydrolytes? 80 mils an hour. Please start it. Oh, of course we will. Right, right. I fell asleep. 5 a.m. I woke up, and they hadn't started it. Why? I walked out, and there's three of them sitting at the desk. Yes, I know they get to have a rest and everything. And I said, because my child's the unconscious one who doesn't complain, you just forgot about it. I said, this happens every freaking time we're in here. What'd they say? They went, oh, we're sorry, we're sorry. I said, no, nah, I'll do it myself. And I grabbed the hydrolyte that was there and went and did it. I said, I knew this would happen when I fell asleep and I begged you. I begged for you to hydrate my child who hasn't had anything since 10 o'clock yesterday oh, morning. Sorry. And they freaking just again. And people wonder why I don't leave her. That's right. And it's like, oh, I'm Sally. I'm fighting every time for basic hydration. You, oh, for food. Let's, let's take it away from hydration. Let's, let's remove the words. 
you wanted your daughter to have food and water. Yeah. Which is a fairly basic, essential for life. Who, anyone who's had operation gets a custard, a sandwich, or a glass of a water, jelly. or an icy pole, yeah, or something. something after they come out of anaesthetic. Oh, and I oh had to God. beg and fight because my child eats differently for that basic. And you'd been sent up there for a reason. The re- you were up there because the anaesthetist and you had worked out a plan that she wasn't at that level of consciousness that it was safe for her to go home. So even if she was able to really have something to nom on when she uh, when she's awake, she couldn't because she's not awake. Mm. So therefore... The other, and then I'd see my brain then as a nurse goes into, all right, so she hasn't had any, or sorry, they haven't had any food or hydration for, oh, well, well before two o'clock, would have been from seven. Mm. So you're getting up to close to 24 hours, so it's going to make them hypovolemic. It's going to, um, all the meds will be behind. That's going to back up the bowels. That's going to have a cascade effect on a whole number of things. Yeah, well, we couldn't run the bowel meds that night, so at least you need hydration going through mm. to help with that situation. Oh, so your brain works, so you can recover. Your brain works, but the brain kept forgetting to breathe. Let's make that oh, work properly. Oh, God, how horrendous. So what happened the next day? Uh, next day, oh, so that's right. So that evening, still with that same doctor she said oh and when because she'd been things oh when the results come in oh, i'll tell you what the results are like it was a casual result a brain mri to check the, my child's brain atrophy i'll just let you know what that says fuck off i don't want to know from you i said i don't want you telling me that news I would like whether that it's good from... or bad i want it from her pediatrician michelle absolutely or i said or someone i know yeah. who's a real ped <laughs> oh, I bet that went down well. Because, oh, and that's what I said to her. I said, I know you're a registrar. I said, I, I don't want that news from you. No, and given that they were suggesting you just, you know, take Wilson home earlier, there's not a lot of trust trust established there. And part no. of, part of, there's a, and that's a, essentially what we've talked about a lot today is trust because when we send yeah. our kids to school or we send them into hospital, they're Name unconscious. Name <laughs> yeah, trust. <laughs> Excellent. But that's the thing. There is a trust. There's a moment where we have to trust this stranger to take care of our children at their most vulnerable moments. And if you don't feel that you can trust them with something essential as like breathing, water, water then oh, it's still even retelling it. It's still. It reminds me that I wasn't being over dramatic. No, and I was still being fucking polite in there as well because I always am too polite. Because well, it's because you've got to. You have to because mm. like I've had, we won't go into it too much, but I've had you know some discussions today with people, mm. and you are very conscious that you need to be polite because if you're not, there's a there are being dramatic or you're over the top or why don't we focus on the positive uh, or something like that off. it's like no this is yeah we look when this is it's the to quote the lovely jane doe it's exhausting making life and death decisions every day i know and that's it i wanted to go home i'm like if i was home i could just start I could just feed them. Yeah, I but you're worried. The thing but is, then I'm worried. So I don't want to go home because I, if something bad happens, I can't handle that. But they can't handle feeding my kid. And this is the, this is where it becomes extremely fundamental two-way. And this is the most basic thing for healthcare workers is that the first thing that you have to worry about is an airway. Always. 
The mm. airway trumps everything. Yeah. If you don't have air and circulation, yeah. you don't have airway, you don't have breathing, you don't have circulation, ABCs, then you've got nothing. Mm. Right? So you're aware, if you as a parent are aware that that's probably pretty important mm. and they don't want to be responsible for, I don't know, doing CPR on your child in the middle of the night. Mm. Reminds me, I should learn to do that properly. <laughs> <laughs> should learn that um but yeah but their stats are all fine by the time we're up there and everything but that doesn't take away from the fact and in this situation i think who can i trust the most and in this situation i trust the anaesthetists yeah because absolutely. this is their area of expertise and they sure. said stay the night and get it and watched i'm doing that yeah and also she scared the shit out of me i'm staying the night because if something fucks up and you never know what Will's going to do. And they're, they're fine. They're fine by the next day, Good, which is great. And that's, that's all you ever want in the outcome. But guess what? They would have woken up a lot better if they'd had something to eat and drink. And I would have been a lot better if people had just helped me. Yeah. I get that other kids are maybe, you know, dying and need more help or whatever, but my kids still deserves the basics and we've, we've talked about this before it's like yes there are other children yes who are aware that you might be busy or yes there's this that and the other going on that's great but that as our pair as a parent for our child is not our responsibility no. our child is our responsibility please don't put other people's children on as our yeah. responsibility yeah. as well yeah. that's not fair yeah it's um when you're working when you're the nurse or the doctor or the person medical worker that is your responsibility to take care of all of those kids. It's not the parents. Mm. Yeah. And and because you have medical knowledge now, they just put it all on you. And I, I said, I mm. cannot count how many times I said, I just want to be mum right now. Can you do this? And no one did. Not one person, except to try and undermine me when it came to the pump, when I said it wasn't working. Then suddenly they went all at it, like, oh, I'll fix it. Oh, no, actually, it's not working. Oh, Sally. Oh, but the next morning we had a lovely nurse on shift who knew us, and she was great, and, yeah, she, she did it. stuff. You know, what do you call fix it, but she at least, you know, tried to get us out of there. That's had it. All I want to do is wait till daylight, and then I can go home. Make sure the airway is safe. Make sure they were breathing properly. Yep. Make sure the essentials for life yeah. were happening. Because, again, let's let's go back to the, the whole thing of the podcast. We have children who are not going to live a long time, and we can never mentally prepare ourselves for that. But the mm. fact is you're in you in that moment were wondering, oh, yeah. is she going to make it through tonight? That's probably the, that yeah. was probably more the thing. It's like gives you those little reminders. That's right, that this is... And sorry to make you cry. So That's right. <laughs> Makes great. Look, the old film crew's gone too. They missed out. <laughs> they missed out on it. But this is the thing. It's just like, how do you? Ugh. That's it's this low level, constant low level of adrenaline and cortisone that we exist on. And then something like that happens, and you think, oh shit, is this is this when it happens? Mm. Is this how it goes? Well, that's what I was thinking when I, I yeah. was thinking that. I sort of didn't think that till then, um, but. You're thinking when it's taking something's taking heaps longer, you know it's going to shits. Yeah. You know, and then you're there like, oh, well, this is happening, right? Yeah. Are they going to be able to stop this happening? You know, because it was like they couldn't wake up and so they weren't remembering to breathe. I'm like, oh, is this just what we do now? It's interesting you say that the just, just want to be mum because there was a, a moment when Madeline had her pre-meds before she had the marina mm. and I had to 
it was, it was, I, stra- I had to straddle her mm. to get her on the gurney. So I straddled her with her arms down to get the pre-med in. Yeah. Right. And I just said to them, yes, I, I, I hoiked my very large frame on <laughs> onto my daughter. Um, and I Because otherwise she would have pulled and scratched and it just mm. was going to go to poo. But I just said to them at the time, that's the last time I'm doing that. Mm. I just want to be mum from now on. Yeah, I, I, I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah, we shouldn't have to do this stuff. And I think, well, I think I offered because I wanted to be helpful. I know, and you were like that, and you wanted to make it as quick as easy for Maddie for her as possible. Yeah, but um, but I, just I think sometimes now you have to walk away. Yeah, and let them deal with it. So, dude, I think we're done. I, I think, think I'm spent, spent after that. Yeah, she's uh, recovered again. So. Um, <laughs> I'm about to go and buy an air conditioner from Bunnings. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm about to go to school and collect all the Will's equipment that they didn't use today because they didn't end up at school. <sighs> nice. Yeah. All right. Well, on that really oh, cheerful oh note. Oh, my God. We left the last one on Nazis and this one on yeah. worrying about our kids exactly. dying. Um, so, uh, in all we're seriousness, back. everyone, we're back. And I'm sure we'll get back into our groove. And uh, just so you know... To the people who listen to this who know me, yes, I'm fine. Okay? <laughs> yes, I'm clearing out the house. I know, but that's because I have hoarding tendencies, mm. not because I'm going to throw myself off a bridge. Yeah. I'm just having a clean out. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I don't know if I am fine right now, but I've been. Um, Are you functioning? I'm functioning. And I'm I'm talking to people. So fake it to make it. Yeah, and I'm speaking to medical professionals. And um, but no, I am fine. I'm functioning really well, and I'm still enjoying life. Yeah. I'm just I'm annoyed at my brain, um, and I'm trying to fix that up a bit. You just need your ADHD diagnosis. I do. Formalized. Formalized, and uh, give me some drugs. Finally, willing to accept the fact I need them at 45. And oh, that's a nice screensaver. Right. Right. I haven't seen that before. That's good. <laughs> and on that note, all right. See you, Sal. See ya. I'm gonna drink some gin. Here we go. Oh, wow. oh I can't believe they missed that bit. I'm gonna... We hope you enjoyed this episode of Gin in a Mug. Jump onto our Facebook group and let us know what you thought. There's also the Patreon. Feel free to chuck a few bucks in there if you want to support our gin habit or if you want us to pay an editor to make this sound less shit. But most importantly, if this episode has brought up any issues for you, we've put the link in the show notes to Beyond Blue, Lifeline and Carers Australia. Make sure you keep talking. Big love to you all.